When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. today's podcast we talk about the details and organization that go into player development we're going to get into a little bit of the 3-4 scheme and some simulated pressures and some ideas along that we're going to talk about the characteristics you need to be a successful coach today and joining me to talk about all of these things is the defensive coordinator at Kansas DJ Elliott coach it's great to have you here hey Keith great to be with you Coach, before we get into all these topics that I, I mentioned, I always like to start with your beginning in coaching. And so for you, what was it that really sparked this interest in becoming a coach? Well, I was a college football player at Wyoming, and going into my senior year, I had a career-ending shoulder injury. Still had a, school, a year of school left, and the coaches said, hey, why don't you just come out to practice and and coach the freshmen and, you know, just help us develop those guys for your last year of school. So I did, I went out to practice and every day I coached the freshmen and I'd run the scout team, and, you know, about two weeks into it. I was like, man, this is really fun. This is the second best thing to play in college football is coaching college football. And I just ran with it. And as a student assistant, my senior year, I was up there all day on Sunday. I was, at practice every day, any free minute I got, I'd go over to the uh, coach's offices and help them with anything I could do. And, and when I graduated, they offered me a, a graduate assistant job, and I've been a college coach ever since. Coach, for you, you've been at, at a number of great places over your, your 20 years, Wyoming, Houston, the U, Miami, Texas State, Tulsa, Rice, Florida State, Kentucky, Colorado, then uh, Kansas, and in all those places, when you think about football there, you've had some great influences in coaching. For you, um, who have been the mentors that really have affected and impacted you in a positive way for who you've become as a coach? Well, probably the biggest mentor I've had and who's helped me the most in my career is Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops was the secondary coach at uh, Wyoming when I was a player. And when I went into student coaching and graduate assistant coaching, I was working, you know, with him and I went with him to Houston, which my head coach went to Houston too, Dana Demmel. 
And then I went with Mark to Miami. Mark was the secondary coach at Miami and I was the secondary graduate assistant at Miami. And then I was with Mark at Florida state and I was with Mark at Kentucky. So over half of my career I've spent working with or for Mark Stoops and the Stoops family is, is blue collar old school. Uh, they tell you how things are straight up, but players appreciate that. And I learned that from him. I learned that players want to be disciplined. Players want to know where they stand. Players want to know exactly what they need to do better. You don't need to sugarcoat things. You know, players, players don't need a, a 40 year old buddy. They need a coach. And I learned that that straight talk and that um, blue collar mentality and that old school um, way of handling things in a lot of ways is very appreciated by players. And some people don't realize that, but players want to be disciplined. And Mark Stoops showed me that. I also learned a lot from Pete Jenkins. You know, when I was the defense end coach at Florida State, Pete came and clinicked with us, and then I developed a relationship with him, and I would go spend time with him in the offseason. And he taught me how to develop a player. And so many things that I learned as a young coach from Pete Jenkins, I still apply today, and I wouldn't be where I'm at if I hadn't learned those skills from him. That's an important aspect of uh, you know what you do as a defensive coordinator before we got going you really emphasized a lot of things in the player development and the details and organization that you put into it and and you mentioned a, a phrase something that you picked up from coach Jenkins skills drills uh, and and time allotted uh, very important in the things that you do as a coach to get that guy from being the, the raw material of a player you get when he first comes in to that guy who's playing and, and succeeding on Saturday. So if, if you would, Coach, kind of walk us through uh, that process for you and how I know for you it's, it's going to start with how you're going to organize it. And you work this through every aspect of how you do it, including your walkthroughs, your meetings, and, and your coaching staff meetings as well as, as how you look at this. So for you, how does this process start? Well, the first thing – that you need to understand is that players don't do what you tell them to do. They do what you train them to do. And you need to define every skill that a player needs for every call or for every situation. And as a defensive staff, we put together the playbook, then we put together what's called our position pages. And within our position pages, we sit down with every call and every situation, and we write down every skill that that player needs to be successful. And then once you define the skill, you need to have a drill that fits that skill. So then once we have all our skills defined, we go through and we, and we develop a drill that fits every skill. We make sure that we have a drill that accurately fits every skill. But the most important piece, like you mentioned, is, is the time. You know, practice is just a race against time. And you're constantly trying to find places that you can work those drills because those are what develop the player's skills to being successful, whether it's pre-practice, post-practice, special teams, walkthroughs, individual. And you need to be really detailed in your individual too. You need to make sure that you're getting the most out of your individual. And as a coaching staff, we harp on that before we even hit the field. We make sure that we're using the proper buzzwords in our meeting rooms. We make sure that we're all on the same page on exactly 
how we're going to coach each technique. And there's many techniques that apply to the whole defense. And we practice those in what we call team drills. For example, tackling, uh, takeaways, uh, pursuit, interception drill, screen drill, blitz circuit. We have the same coaching points for each position within those team drills. And we take five minutes every day to work one of those team drills. We go through our blitz circuit. We don't even tell the players which blitz we're running. We just tell them which blitz technique they're running. And we'll work it to all different types of schemes. We'll work it to a uh, slide protection, to a man protection. We'll work it versus option. We'll work it versus zone two, zone away. We'll work it versus gap scheme two, gap away. We'll work it versus boot, a reverse, or, or quarterback throwback. And we'll mix up which schemes that we're going to work on each particular day within the blitz circuit. But what you've done is you've trained every player on how to execute that blitz technique within that blitz circuit. And so all they have to know is their technique. And once they learn that technique, you can call multiple pressures because they've executed that technique to every different type of scenario. Another one that we've implemented is screens. So each player within a screen has a certain fit. We call it the who am I. So the who is the player that fits outside the screen. The am is the guy that fits in the alley. And the I is the guy that's inside the screen. And so we have a drill to where we run a screen and we put each player in a different position and they just know where they fit within that scheme. That screen. They don't have to know the scheme. They don't have to know, you know, am I a linebacker or am I a DB right now? They just have to know where they fit on that screen. And that's a team drill. And same thing in tackling. You know, we, we coach all the exact same buzzwords and in, in techniques and drills and tackling so that the entire defense understands that. We, we really harp on player development within practice. And player development, like I said, is a race against time. When we sit down after practice and we watch video, we don't criticize a player for making a mistake on something that we told him to do. We criticize a player for making a stake on something that we've trained him to do. So if he makes a mistake and we haven't drilled it, it's not necessarily the player's fault. It's our fault as coaches. Because, again, players don't do what you tell them to do. They do what you train them to do. And so we, we really stay organized and we really put an emphasis on making sure that everything that we're teaching a player is being drilled so that it's muscle memory and so that the player has been put in that situation as multiple times as possible within a drill, not just in a team setting, within a drill so that he can be successful. So I love that idea, a race against time. It really is. And in, in looking at this, uh, you, you mentioned your player pages and you guys are going to go through and list out all the techniques that you're going to use. So, uh, you know, on on the offensive side of the ball, I heard Phil Longo talk about it one time, said his playbook at home is as tall as he is. But what he can accomplish with his team is is much smaller and defined. So in looking at it, you know, what is that sweet spot of, of the amount of techniques that those guys are going to have? And obviously a lot of that then gets related to the, the different schemes you might use. But where where do you find that sweet spot of, 
how much becomes too much where now, again, in that race against time, player development suffers. Well, that's why it's important to define the skill. Because I think if you don't do that, you think, well, we're only running you know, so many calls, we should be able to execute this. But what you don't recognize is how many different techniques you have within that call. And I think that that's why it's important that you define that skill is so you can see, all right, I've got to work this many techniques, okay, within this call. And we know that this has to be repped so many times to be successful. This call now may become too expensive. And expensive for me is for every call, it's like money in a bank. You only have so much of it. And one call may take more money than another call. So if you're going to run that call, you need to realize you can't run a bunch of other calls because that call is an expensive call. It costs a lot of money to be good at it. Mm -hmm. And you want to, you want to, you want to correlate as many techniques as possible into calls. So as soon as you define every skill that a player may need, like for example, like I was talking about our blitz techniques, our two main blitz techniques are tracks and razors with two off an edge. The inside guy's a track, the outside guy's a razor. Once you have those techniques coached, you could draw up. And, and, and like I said, we teach those same techniques to every player on our defense. So now you can draw up blitzes in the dirt because they've been through the blitz circuit so many times before the first game. They know what a track does and they know what a razor does. So we just tell them, hey, on this pressure, you're a track or this pressure, you're a razor. And they've seen it versus option. They've seen it versus zone two. They've seen it versus zone away. They've seen it versus gap schemes. They've seen it versus uh, reverses. They've seen it against um, options, uh, you know, everything. They've seen it boots, whatever, you know, because we've repped it within our circuit. And so as, as much as possible, the more you can take those techniques and transition them into uh, different calls, now your training has actually uh, decreased because you're already working those techniques in some drill within practice and allows you to work more calls. And, and that's why I think it's important to, to find the skills so that you can do that. So in, in our creativity as coaches, we love to get up on the whiteboard and, and have all the answers to things. So, and, and those come up, right? When you're, you're game planning, guys have ideas, you have people who have come from different places, et cetera. So there's always that sharing of ideas. Is, is there a, a filter for that, I guess, that when you look at something uh, that you, you look at it and say, well, you know, it's, it's this skill, this skill, this skill, it's all the same as stuff for these guys, this will work versus, boy, if we do this now, this is a new technique, this is different. Do, do you guys look at things in that way? Definitely, definitely. And that's why it's important um, for a coordinator to be making those decisions because a lot of times the position coach only looks at the game through his position's eyes. So he doesn't realize that by adding a new call, how more difficult that may become to a different position. And so, you know, as a coordinator, you've got to look at the game through all 11 eyes. And so when you, when you go to add a new call, you recognize, okay, this is the same as or like for everybody but this guy. All right, so now how expensive is it going to be for us to, to train this guy? Because he's the only one that has a new technique. 
And the more that you can eliminate, you know, things being different for uh, certain players, then the more calls you can run. And so our system is, is developed to how many sames or likes can we develop with our techniques within different calls. And now that allows us to run more calls. Coach, when you're, you're looking at uh, you know, putting things together into a practice, then you mentioned for you the importance of being able to use some circuits for your positions and, and, and ones that'll be uh, more individual versus some that'll be as team. Um, how do you organize, again, all these techniques by position in, into something that's going to be very efficient that you can get through pretty quickly by doing circuits uh, a lot of different uh, skills and, and techniques that you need to work in, in the drills that you're putting out in on the field in these circuits? Well, the techniques that are carried over to every position are the ones that we call the team drills. Like I said, you know, tackling or takeaway or, or blitz or uh, pursuit or interception drill or screen. So those are techniques that apply to every player on the defense. So in the offseason, we as a defensive staff define every technique that is a part of those different types of um, uh, skill set, like I said, and then we make sure we got a drill that fits that. And then we go through and we talk about as a defensive staff exactly how we're going to coach each one of those drills. And then um, we have what's called our drill checklist, which our position coaches have their drill checklist for their particular position. We also have our drill check checklist for our team drills. And so, you know, in the blitz circuit, we have three different stations, but there may be 10 different ways that we run uh, the track. I should say there may be 10 different things that we run against the track and razor, but we're only going to get three worked a day. So in that checklist, you know, you know, let's say that uh, every Tuesday in training camp, we worked the blitz circuit. Well, whatever three that we worked the last Tuesday, we worked the next Tuesday, we worked a different three. So, you know, one might be, you know, gap scheme two, and one might be boot away, and one, one might be zone away. You know, who has the dive, who has the quarterback? Well, then the next week, we're going to work a slide protection, a man protection, and, and maybe a boot into that blitz circuit and the same thing for tackling you know tackling we have broken down into five elements of tackling and then the drills that were within those elements are the ones that fit those skills well every time we do a tackling circuit we're going to work different drills because we've got to make sure that we're developing all those different skills that you need to be to be a good tackler and then a lot of those things too that are techniques that are applied to the whole defense I cover those in the unit meetings and I cover those in the unit meetings, not only before, but I cover them after, you know, there's five things that, that I look for and what we call uh, the standard and that's to execute. It's to swarm. It's to win one-on-ones. It's to create takeaways and it's to tackle. And after every practice, the beginning of the next meeting, I have examples of where we executed and we didn't execute, okay? What we track, we track close in every practice. So I execute who are the guys, or I show who are the guys that are, are running to the ball, okay? We, we track one-on-ones and DB one-on-one and then um, 
pass rush one on one. We have a, a a win loss grade, and then we we show video of guys that were winners, and then uh, takeaways. We 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 show them examples of where we got takeaways and where we missed takeaways, whether we didn't strip or that we dropped an interception, and then tackling every every practice. I, I do a tackling grade, and we try to shoot for a ninety percent tackling grade. We track how many opportunities there were to tackle and how many of them were missed. And then I go through, you know, the five elements of tackling on which of those elements we weren't or weren't good at. And I show that to the players on video. Now, what I think is critical about that is in developing today's player is a much different player than it was when I first started coaching or when I was a player. When I was a player, I did exactly what the coach told me to do, and I didn't question it. Just did what he told me to do. Well, today's player, he wants to know why more. Okay, they want to know why are we doing something. And so I think unit meetings and covering those things are important because the players understand why we execute that technique. And the other thing that players want to know is they want to know where we're efficient and where we're uh, inefficient. And so having those unit meetings, you can say, hey, look, guys, we did not defend boots at all today in practice. And this is where we got to get better. Or we didn't fit the screen right. Okay. And so we got to get better at, 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 um, at stopping screens. And I think when you do that, they have more buy-in because they don't just take the practice field going, we can't do anything right. They know, okay, we're doing this right. And we're not doing this good. And if we do this right, we're going to get better. And I think that's critical in player development as well is, is the players understanding why we're working certain uh, skills uh, in practice. So I want to take a step back from practice between those meeting times and, and getting on the field is, is the walkthrough. And I'm always interested in, in what coaches think about and how they do their walkthroughs in, in order to make it the most effective thing. Because I've seen them, probably been a part of them, that have done been done very well. And on the other end of it as well, been, been a part and seen those that um, kind of fail in and are almost a waste of, of time. So for you, what's the most effective way to do a walkthrough and, and how do you, you expect your assistants to coach those periods as well as your players to be coached during those periods? Well, with the way the rules are now, there are so many walkthroughs that are allowed in the off season, whether it's in the summer or whether it's in the winter. And then there's walkthroughs that you have before practice. So I think developing a good walkthrough is critical in today's player development because of how many walkthrough opportunities that there are. And some of the things that I harp on in a walkthrough are, you know, what is the emphasis? And, um, you know, whether it's a, a winter walkthrough, a summer walkthrough, or whether it's just a walkthrough before practice, we're going to have uh, a defensive emphasis for that day like maybe today is a a match three creeper day okay so that's the emphasis of the day so that's the, that's what we're going to emphasize in in the walkthrough and the second thing is 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 um once you get everything taught i like to uh two spot walkthroughs and so we divide our coaches up and we go ones and threes on one side and twos and fours on the other side. And we always start off with a formation motion adjust walkthrough. And so 
we go through the call, the communication, and and uh, that takes a lot of planning because you don't have time to cover every formation and every motion in that walkthrough. So I try to, for every call, the ones that are particularly important to that call, those are the formations and those are the motions that I select for that formation motion adjust walkthrough. And we two spot that. And we usually go about 10 minutes on that and we knock all those out. Okay. Maybe it's stuff that we're going to see for that day, or it's just checks or things that I know that are sometimes difficult with Then I like to continue to two spot the walkthrough. And we go on one end, the defensive line will stay on one end and we'll work the calls that we're going to work that day, we have uh, a scripted um, run schemes of an inside run, okay? And, and so we go, again, we take all the D-line and put them in the end zone, and then we split the backers and the safeties. So we'll go twos and four backers working uh, runs with the D-line, and then on the other end of the field, we do a seven-on-seven seven, or we do a – half line pass period with all the uh, corners and half of the linebackers and safeties. So again, nobody's ever standing. And if you're not in, then you're, you're, you're simulating the offense. Okay. And, and we also do, instead of runs sometimes in that walkthrough, we work protections. So we walk through that call Okay, with just the defensive line and one group of backers and safeties, we work through either it's just rush lanes, games, or it's a pressure into different protections while we're working our seven-on-seven seven on the other end. And then halfway through, we switch. And I try to come up with runs that I think are particularly important for each call, and I try to come up with things and passes that I think are particularly important for each pass call so i don't want to work you know smash into man because that's that's not as important as working smash into quarters so every route that i walk through is one that i think is important for that call to work out and the same in the, with the runs and the protections too now if we're going to work a new team drill like a team drill that we haven't worked yet then we also walk through that team drill before we wrap it. We never just go out and practice and I'm working the blitz circuit or I'm working screen drill or, or tackling circuit. We never just go out and just work it. We, we, we try to show video of that team drill in the meeting. And then we walk through that team drill and get our coaching points accomplished in, in that walkthrough so that when we hit the circuit, we can really concentrate on reps more than we can on teaching. But those are things that I think are important in walkthroughs is, is uh, making sure that you're getting every aspect of the call worked and making sure that you're two-spotting so that you're not wasting time. Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator podcast. Please check out all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com. Got some great things coming for you in May and for the last three months or so of this offseason. We'll be back with All In on Offense and our deep dive on defense. We have some great interviews with coaches as well as some quick casts that we'll throw in there 
Check out all we're doing again at coachandcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.